For the other measures, you have to be registered for PAYG as of the 12th of, of March. You're listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to grow your firm. Welcome to a new COVID-19 update. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. I hope you're well. I hope you are holding up all right. These are tough times and I think they're particularly tough for you because you need to be there for your clients. You need to support them with advice. But of course, at the same time, you're affected by all this like everybody else. So I hope that you're all right. Talking about COVID-19 changes, measures, updates, stimulus packages. Let's talk about super today. There are four super measures coming already implemented that will affect your super. Here's Liam Short of Arenti Financial Planning with more recorded yesterday afternoon, the 31st of March, 2020. And apologies, I'm still getting used to Zoom. I still keep yelling at the screen. I don't know why I do it, but whenever I have these headphones on and just see the other persons on a little screen on my laptop for some reason, I just yell at them. So I'm really sorry about the uh, harsh German voice that's yelling at you. Liam, I would love to talk with you about four things that you could all put under the header of super COVID-19 measures. Yep, yeah, super COVID-19 measures. The first one is the early access to the um, $20,000, $10,000 this financial year and $10,000 next financial year. The yeah. second one is the 50% reduction of minimum pension payments for this and next financial year. The third one is not really a measure, but I would love to talk with you about the work test in light of how it is possible to move money back into super to wait out the big slump in the share market. And mm. then the, the fourth topic is the social security deeming rates that have now been reduced and yeah. of course affect eligibility for the age pension. Number one, an early $20,000 access to super. Early access to super, I think is very straightforward in terms of you just need to suffer some financial hardship and then you can just tell your super fund, I would like to have $10,000 now and $10,000 later. No, you don't actually have to go near your super fund at all. You must go through the ATO. So there's a link provided for you to actually, it'll be up and running around the middle of May. And anybody who wants to access their super early must use that link. You don't go near your super fund. You go directly to the link, you make the application. The ATO, if it's a retailer industry fund, they will send an electronic determination to the super fund to release the money. If it's an SMSF, you do the same application and they will send a letter of determination to the, for you to give to the trustees of the super fund and only then can the trustees of the self-funded super fund release the money. In most cases, for anybody in retail or industry, you don't go near your own super fund. For an SMSF, you have you go through the process and wait for the letter from the ATO releasing the money before you release any funds from your SMSF. 
Are there any questions about whether we have some legal some legal crossover that the CIS Act doesn't allow the payout, or that's all straightforward? The government legislation will cater for all of that, so they can basically change the rules and amend the regulations to allow it. What's your thought on that? Do you think so many people will use this that it will have an effect on the share market, or do you think it will only be very minor, severe cases? It just depends on what happens over the next few weeks. The job keeper payment, which came out yesterday, that will make a big difference. So if people are getting that $1,500 a fortnight, they may not feel the need to, to dip into their super. I just have a feeling that a lot of younger people with 20, 30 or 40 years to retirement may see it as just a way of being able to access their, their super early and um, live for now rather than worrying about retirement. This button, this application will come through in May? Yes. So you can't actually apply for it yet? Not till the middle of May. So that means until May, we don't really know how harsh the ATO is in assessing financial hardship, whether it's relatively easy to access super or whether it's harder. Given the, the very basic rules around it, you've got to be unemployed, you've got to be eligible. So one of the, one of the following, you're either unemployed, eligible for the job seeker or youth allowance or parenting payment or a special benefit or a farm household allowance. Or after the 1st of January 2020, you're made redundant, your working hours were reduced by 20% or more, or if you're a sole trader, your business was suspended or there was a reduction in turnover of 20%. So they've, they've given a very clear indication of what's required. Any one of those rules, if you meet the condition, you should be able to get the 10,000 out. To be honest, most people over 60, they may not have to use this because if they've lost their job, they've met a condition of release. So not only can they um, go for 10,000, they can take as much out as they need if they move into pension phase, or they can take a lump sum commutation. So it's really the younger people that we're looking at. And as I said, my, my fear is that they're all talking to each other and they're seeing that this money's available. It's like a little golden bucket that they can dip into. You know, I don't know about you in your 20s, but I wasn't too worried about my, my retirement in my 20s. No, I uh, I definitely wasn't. Yes, I think for most people, it's just the ability that it's there. If things go, if things get really bad, it's nice that it's an option for them. I really think that probably the JobKeeper payment should have been announced last week, because once that was announced, it really took away the need for this. But some people already had this in their mind that it's an easy option just to take money out. Is there something else we should touch on? Basically, if they are going to to access their super, they they're basically Access to the lows of the market, so they have to be aware that you know they will be reducing the, the super fund fairly dramatically. Very bad time to access your super. So it really should be the last option. Because you get very little bang for your buck. Yes, exactly. I did the calculations for a twenty-year-old. If they took ten thousand, twenty thousand out rather now rather than leaving it until they're sixty-seven and they can access it they would lose 365,000 in compound growth over that period. So a lot, a lot of money they're giving up just for 20,000 there. Number two, a 50% reduction of minimum pension payments. Point number two, reduction in minimum pension payments has been reduced. Whatever is applying before this measurement is now only half of it. So anybody 65 to 74 had a minimum drawdown rate of 5% has decreased to 2.5%. That's correct. Basically, there's a table of different ages, how much you have to take out. Most people will probably still be in that um, 65 to 74 is two and a half. It'll be, it's reduced to 2.5%. And, 
and for uh, 75 to 79%. Is that already part of the law that received royal assent last that's Tuesday? A, that's in place. So the things people can look at is if they don't need any more money for the rest of the, you know, if they've got some cash outside of the super fund and they don't want to access what's in their super, if they've already taken half or more of their minimum pension for the year, then they can stop their payments for the rest of the year. If they still need the money, then they may consider rather than taking more pension payments to actually take whatever they need for the next three months as a lump sum computation. So you free up your TBA, your transfer balance account. Yeah, that's a good idea. And that's especially important for people who who don't think they're near the 1.6 million. You've got to take into account your partner's amount as well. So we're trying to plan long term that if if you've got a couple with each with 800,000, they may not have even been thinking about the 1.6 million TBA. If one passed away, then suddenly it becomes a very important figure to, to try and keep as much in super and in pension phase as possible. That's actually a very good point. Now that the minimum pension payment has been reduced, make sure that any excess over that you treat as a commutation and not yes. as a pension payment to free up your transfer balance account. And remember, the lump sums must always be done prospectively. So you can't go and backdate money you've already taken out, but you can prepare for this for coming quarter and you can prepare for next tax year. And that's a real bummer because a lot of people would already have taken out more than 50%. And so now they can't go back and yeah. prepare the paperwork to turn it into a commutation. Unfortunately not. Number three, increase of work tests from 65 to 67 still outstanding. In this respect, I would love to talk with you about the work test because a lot of retirees don't work anymore. So they pass 65, but under 75, so they can't move money back into super. But at the moment, there's a high incentive to move anything you don't need at the moment to move it back into super. And hence the work test becomes very relevant. The work test is that you need to work 40 hours per 30 consecutive days. So 10 hours per week, roughly. Do you need to work 40 hours per 30 consecutive days through the entire year to meet the work test? Or is it just one lot of 30 consecutive days within a financial year that opens the gate? You just have to work for 40 hours in any 30-day period during the year. So one time during the year, you must do 40 hours work within a 30-day period. That must be before you put the money back in. So you must meet the work test first. But if you, let's say, for example, you met it in September... You can then put money back in for the rest of the year. Or in now, uh, talking now, it's the 31st of March. So we have mm. another three months before the 30th of June. Just in one month over 30 days, our retiree needs to go back and work at McDonald's or somewhere, mm. earn uh, work for at least 40 hours, and then the gates are wide open to put any excess money back into super. Yeah, and I'm telling clients to look for the, any children that are in businesses or any friends are in businesses that are struggling go to them and talk to them and say, look, I'm available to work for you for, you know, for a small nominal amount. Um, put me on the books for 40 hours. I'll help you keep your business going. I'll help you do whatever you, you need at a low cost for you. And that will help me with the work test and help you keep your business going. Great idea. With the work test, the government currently has legislation ready to increase the age from 65 to 67, but it hasn't passed through the legislation yet because the parliament's not sitting. Ah, oh, yes, of course. That was in the pipeline before COVID-19. So that 
up to 67, you don't need to pass the work test. You can exactly. contribute back. Of course, that's now highly relevant. Mm -hmm. All people aged 66 and 67 probably exactly. waiting for that, trying to get any excess cash back into super. Exactly. So hopefully parents can reach it to pass some of measures for the third stimulus. Maybe they might get time to pass that measure as well. Otherwise, we'll have to look and wait for it in August. But it's something to keep an eye out for. Number four. Reduction of Social Security Deeming Rates. Deeming Rates. The deeming rates, can you just very quickly remind us all what the deeming rates do for the age yeah. pension? So centrally don't want to have to look at each of your individual investments and work out what you've earned on each of them. So basically what they, they look at is they deem the earnings on any of your investments. As of 1st of July, so as of the start of the financial year, correct? In most cases, unless your application is sometime during the year, there's a lower threshold of 0.025%. And for a couple, that's, I think, on the first 86,000. And then anything above that, they deem as earning 2.25% under new rules. So, for example, if somebody had a million dollars and it was, it was earning 50,000 know, rent property or, let's say, shares that pay dividends, of say four and a half percent, the franking credits, Centrelink ignore that completely. And they just go in and look at that million has earned 2.25 percent, two and a quarter percent or 22,500. So we basically have two deeming rates. The first, the lower one, which at now is 0.25 percent, that applies to the first. Yeah, for a couple it applies for up to 86,200. Yes, and then anything above that is deemed at 2.25%. And unless you apply for the age pension during the year, it applies to whatever you owned as of 1st of July. Yes. And of course, that will affect retirees yes, in that way, of because of course, the share portfolio was a lot more worth on the 1st of July than it is now. Yeah. And, but if they apply now, people who have not, been, have not applied up till now or were declined previously, they can now update their figures make a new application and give the details of their investments and it'll be, it'll be worked out on what they've got at the moment. So, oh, yes. So retirees yeah. on the age pension can actually update their application with Centrelink and say, yes. actually, my share portfolio is only worth half now. Hence, when I only qualified on a pro rata basis before, I now qualify to a higher yeah. portion or even the full age pension. Yes. So I have, we had this with a client this morning and... Um, they updated their current balances with Centrelink through MyGov and Centrelink just sent back a message saying we need new um, Centrelink schedules to prove your balances. So we just provided them a, a current Centrelink schedule showing the current balance from each of their pensions and they've sent those through to Centrelink now. So Perfect. it is important that you always update Centrelink at least every six months um, to make sure that it keeps track of what you're entitled to receive. And just very quickly, these social security deeming rates, were they also part of this package that received Royal Assent last Tuesday? Or is just... That's just basically Centrelink set the deeming rates on a regular basis. This is, yes, this is out of step with the normal, but they have put it in place. Can I ask you something different, which you already touched on, and that is this whole measure that came through now, the JobKeeper payments. I know it's all shifting cent at the moment because the law hasn't been passed yet. We don't know the details yet, but this JobKeeper payment, would that apply to sole traders? Yes, it does. If somebody who's a sole trader wants to apply, they go and use the same link that everybody else uses 
but they will be asked to put in their, their ABN, so they must have an ABN, and then they must identify themselves as the individual entitled to the payment, put in their bank details and their own personal tax file number, and the ATO will treat them under the same rules as an employed person. Sole director and shareholder of a company who hasn't paid himself a wage yet through his company, would they qualify? You know, for the other measures, you had to be registered for PAYG as of the 15th of, of March. So I'm not sure with this new measure, there was no mention of company directors or you know members of a trust or anything like that. It, it was very specific as to... I see, but the cutoff is the 15th of March, not the 12th of March, but oh, the 15th 12, 12th of March. Yeah. Okay, so the cutoff is 12th of March. If you registered for pay as you go withholding after the 12th of March, then you can't start paying yourself a wage through yeah. your company. Well, you can, but you're not going to get any benefits from any of the schemes. Okay, but the sole trader with an ABN does. Yes. But this JobKeeper payment, that's still very early in the pipeline, correct? That would need proper legislation and yes, the, probably the will take another week or two weeks. Well, I think the government's calling back Parliament in the next week to, to pass legislation. That's an out-of-schedule meeting, isn't it? Because I think Parliament broke up for five weeks after passing the last legislation. So they're basically just coming back together to pass these legislations, correct? Parliament's been prorogued till August. So it was basically shutting down for four months, five months. Because of the virus? Because of the virus. So they're bringing, this is a specific, bringing it back just to pass this legislation. And do they then physically meet with minimum numbers or do they do electronic voting remotely? I don't know, but I would assume it's going to be minimum numbers. You saw the, in the last week, of the last setting, they had people well spread out through the, through the chamber. I assume that the opposition have already said they're going to agree to the majority of what's being passed, or what's going to be passed. So I think they'll come to an agreement on how to space people out in the chamber and just have a limited number in there. What are your thoughts in general about all these measures? I mean, it's an enormous amount of money. Who is, how are we going to pay for all this? Will we just print more money through the uh, Reserve Bank? Or, you know, will we have to double tax rates? How are we going to pay for all this? Well, the, the good thing is this is the lowest, the lowest rates you can possibly borrow, probably since back in the Roman Empire. So the government, it's a perfect time for government to do some borrowing to keep the economy running. But yes, at some stage, somebody's got to pay for all this borrowing. Which country can pay? Because every country, you know, when you think of the US, Canada, Europe, they're all issuing massive stimulus packages. The money needs to come from somewhere. Who has the money to lend? China? Well, that's where the liquidity will start drying up fairly quickly. It'll be governments just creating it on paper. Yes, yeah, so we will start printing money, meaning yes. the inflation will go up. Inflation will go up at some stage. And you've got to realise that at some stage, somebody's got to pay for rates having been held down artificially low for the last 10 years. Um, and I'm afraid that's going to be borrowers. So if people can, can get as far ahead on their mortgage as possible over the next two to three years before the inflation starts hitting, um, and it, it could be five, six years before inflation starts hitting but when it does i believe it'll start going very fast so you see us back at 10 11 12 percent interest rates in in, in a decade nobody knows for sure but yeah they, they may have other measures they may put on a, a special levy to, to repay the, this debt they may increase the you know, tax rates or gst it just depends on the measures they put in place to address it welcome back 
if you want to commute some of the pension payments that have already been paid out and you want to commute them because they're now in excess of the halved minimum, and if you don't have the relevant paperwork yet, check the deed. If the super fund is an SMSF, maybe the deed already stipulates that any excess pension payments are to be treated as a commutation. And if that is the case, then you already have the paperwork you need probably to treat a payment as a commutation rather than as a pension payment. So these were the super COVID-19 measures we currently have coming or that are already here. In the next update, we will probably cover the job seeker and job keeper schemes. We already touched on the job keeper scheme today, but of course, there's a lot more to it. In the next regular episode, next Monday or Tuesday, depending on when our next update comes out, in the next episode, episode 238, Melissa Donnelly will talk about converting conversations into clients. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode. Did you enjoy the SMSF conference? Yes, I saw you on the stage. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, mm. it was some very good sessions and the location was good. It was hot, but it was still good. Yes, it was good. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I'm just thinking of what my highlight was. I really enjoyed McEffron killing off the blogs again. I have to say, I also went to the Tech Summit, and so the memory of those two conferences kind of is blurring a little bit. I always leave it a month or two and then go back and read the papers from the sessions just to, to try and refresh my memory. Yes, uh, you're very good. You're very good. You're an A-class student. <laughs> no problem.